What's going on, everybody? My name is Alex, aka Shreddy, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Shreddy's Take Podcast. This is a podcast about everything related to movies and filmmaking. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how much money you should be spending on a short film. Now, to define this a little bit, I'm going to be talking about no-budget short films for the most part. If you want to be upping the budget a little bit, I'll be talking about that briefly as well. I don't have much experience with making higher-end short films. It's something I'd like to be doing here in the future, but I'm here to talk about the everyday person who is wanting to make their first short film and wants to know how much they should budget for it. But before we get into that, if you all can do me a favor and like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff, we are available on all the major podcasting platforms, as well as a video slash audio version on YouTube. So I definitely appreciate all the support. But yeah, without further ado and wasting time, let's just get into it. Now, the first thing that I'm going to say is that I'm going to assume that you already have a computer. Now, if you want me to do an episode later in the future about how much money you should think about spending on editing equipment, I can certainly do that in another episode. But I'm going to assume that you just have a computer. Maybe you're in college or even high school or maybe just right out of college and you're looking to just make something really cheap. You got a laptop that you've been using for school for a couple of years and you got Final Cut or some other cheap editing software and you're just really eager to make your first short film. So I pretty much got this broken down into four categories, which is equipment, cast and crew, props, locations, costumes, makeup, and food as the last thing. So let's get into the first category, which is probably the one that people are most curious about, which is the equipment. How much should you be spending on equipment? Well, I don't think if you're starting out in the beginning that you should be spending very much. One of the things that I recommend to most newbie filmmakers when they're first starting out is just to use your cell phone. iPhones, Samsung Galaxies, all these newer smartphones, they have really great cameras on them. Now, they're not the best quality in the world. You're not able to put on DSLR lenses on them. There's not a lot of functionality when it comes to manual controls over those cameras, but one of my biggest philosophies is that you need to learn the rules before you can break them. So if you have no idea how to use a camera, it doesn't make sense for you to go off and rent a RED. I would learn how to light, expose, all that good stuff properly with a cell phone before I would jump in and get something a little bit more high end. So for example, when I was in high school, I was using DV cameras. I didn't really know anything about lighting or manual controls over the camera. And most of my stuff looked like crap, obviously, but I learned how to frame stuff. I learned just the process of blocking a scene and all of that. And then once I got into college, I decided to upgrade to a DSLR because I was a little bit more comfortable with my skills. I understood how to make a movie for the most part. And then I learned how to use all the manual controls and stuff like I was talking about. And then after a couple of years, once I got comfortable with that, I moved on to a better camera, which was my Blackmagic 2.5K, a lot bigger file sizes. I learned how to use raw footage. But the point I'm making is that I took a lot of baby steps to get there. You really got to learn how to walk before you can run, essentially. So maybe you don't want to use a cell phone. Maybe you got a little bit of money and you're looking to buy a DSLR camera. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but if you didn't have a lot of money, your cell phone will suffice for sure. My first DSLR was a Canon T3i. You, they're, they're still available. You can get them for like two or $300 on eBay. 
What I would spend the most money on is probably lenses. Newer DSLRs can run you anywhere with the Canon ones, especially somewhere in the $1,000 range. They can go up to two or $3,000. You'll spend a lot more money on lenses than you will on anything else. I probably have $2,000 or $3,000 worth of lenses right now. That's stuff that I have accumulated over time. My, I have a, a wide lens, 11 to 16 millimeter Tokina lens that I bought used for like 300, three or $400. I have a 50 millimeter Canon that I bought for $100, I believe. And I have a, I think a 35 to 55 stock lens that just came with the Canon camera. So that was my lens kit for a long time. So I spent, you know, 500 ish dollars on lenses and then brand new that camera was probably around $800, I wanna say. They don't sell the Black Magic that I use anymore. You can get it used for sure. I don't really recommend it. I think the Black Magic 4Ks are a lot better and they're not much more expensive than the older models. Don't get me wrong, you can end up putting a lot of money into the Black Magic cameras just because they need a lot of miscellaneous items to make them functional. So, like I said, you can expect to spend, you know, maybe one to two thousand dollars on a camera just by itself without any of the other tools. That's why I recommend using a cell phone first, just because it's something that you already have with you. And a lot of feature films and short films are already shot with cell phones. So, for instance, Sean Baker, who is a big indie filmmaker, he shot an entire feature with an iPhone. And Steven Soderbergh has shot, I think, two or three films now. So they're top tier filmmakers making movies with iPhones. Another thing you can do is rent equipment. I don't really recommend doing this if you're on a budget because you are gonna want to buy something that you're gonna be able to use over and over again. So if you rent equipment, you're going to have to pay for that every time you want to rent something. Yeah, it can be a little cheaper, but if you spend just like, a, like I said, a thousand dollars or so on a camera and lenses, you're gonna be able to use that until they die or you just want to upgrade. So for instance, my Canon T3i, I shot maybe, I shot a lot of stuff on that thing. I, I wanna say like five, four or five short films, various video projects. I still shoot video projects with it today. I, it's not my main camera, but if I need that camera for something, I'm definitely using it. Same thing with my Blackmagic camera. I shot two or no, three features with it, a lot of short films, a lot of miscellaneous video projects. Like I got a lot of use out of that camera and I wanna say I spent around $2,000 on it. Whereas I think that camera was maybe renting out for maybe 150, like $100 a day to $150 a day. That might be a little steep, I don't remember. I, I never actually looked, but I think the the newer Blackmagic 4Ks, they're, they're renting for about $100 a day or so. So that could really add up over time. So I decided that I just wanted to buy my equipment straight up because it made more sense for me monetarily. You know, my first short film might've cost me $2,000, but the next one might've only cost me $100 as far as equipment goes because I already had the equipment. I would only just have to upgrade a couple minor things if that's what I really wanted to do. So that's pretty much it with cameras. You can get something higher end if you want. I don't recommend it right at first, especially if you're learning. But if you've made a couple of short films, obviously renting Reds or Aria Alexas or something like that is definitely a lot more fiscally responsible because those cameras run anywhere from, you know, fifteen to $60,000. So it's a lot cheaper to rent them by the day, especially if you're just making a short film. 
You can get a red camera somewhere from 150 to $300 a day. If you're only using it for a weekend, you might spend $1,000 renting that camera, but it's a lot cheaper than spending 15,000 on it. So if you're looking to get a higher end camera, I definitely say rent. If you're looking to use more of a lower end camera, just to get some experience, definitely buy. Now sound is the next and probably one of the most important aspects. I think in some cases it might actually be more important than the camera. So for instance, audiences are way more forgiving if you have bad picture quality, but they're not so much forgiving if you have bad audio quality. And this is a mistake that I see newbie filmmakers making all the time, including myself. I'm not saying that I'm perfect either, but sound is extremely important. If you can have a beautifully shot movie, but if your dialogue sounds like crap, you're gonna lose your audience pretty much right off the bat. So invest in a good audio recorder. I have a lot of friends who just use the Zoom H1s. They're not the best, but they are pretty solid and they only run you about $100 or so. I started with the Zoom H4 and that one cost me maybe two or $300, I don't remember. But I use that for a long time. I recently, well not recently, but like in the last four or five years, I upgraded to the Zoom H6. Honestly, I love this recorder. I probably won't upgrade it ever unless it dies on me for some reason, in which I probably would just buy another. It's a lot better than the Zoom H4. It's got a lot better um, preamps in it. So it's definitely something I recommend. But let's say that you don't have a few hundred dollars to spend or you only have a couple hundred dollars to spend. You can buy a lavalier mic, which I have a couple of lavalier mics that are also recorders. So the Tascam, DR10L microphones, uh, they're only about $200 at least when I bought them. And it's a recorder as well as a lavalier mic. So say you're making a short film and you only got one actor, you can just mic up that one actor and you'll get really clear sound with it. It's really awesome, I really recommend it. And say you end up buying like the, the H6 or the H4 or something like that, uh, you'll also need to get a microphone, the cheapest, slash best option I would say is probably the Rode NTG2 microphone. I wanna say those run around $270 right now. It's a really solid mic. I've used that thing for years. I, I've had that thing longer than most of my cameras and it's it's outlived some of my recorders too. So I was using that with the H4N and I, I haven't upgraded that mic ever. I'm still using it to this day for all of my movie making unless I hire somebody to record the sound. If I'm not hiring somebody to record sound, I'm using that or the NTG2 for sure. So if you're looking for a good boom setup, you're probably looking around. So let's say you wanted to get like the H6, that's gonna cost you probably around $300 or so. Another around 270 for the mic, you're gonna have to get audio cables, the XLR cables, you'll have to get a, a mic, a, a boom pole. So look for about $800 or so is probably what it's going to end up costing you. Or you can go a little cheaper, just get the, the H1, which is also a recorder, I forgot. The, the H1, the Zoom H1 is also an audio recorder. I have a friend who I've seen create a boom setup with that. You can just attach it to the end of like, you know, a mop stick or something, or if you get a legit boom pole. Um, or you can even attach a microphone to that. So like the, the Rode, I forget what it's called, the Rode video mic, something like that. Those are a little bit cheaper. Those will run you about $150 or so. So you can spend anywhere from just $100 and get that audio recorder. You can get like the $200 lav mic like I was talking about, or you can get something a little higher end like the 
uh, a boom set up with the H6, the NTG2, and all that for around $800 or so. And last, at least as far as equipment goes, you, you can get a lot of equipment, but the last important thing I would say at least is light. You definitely want at least one main light. I have a lot of battery powered lights, but you can get lights really cheap on Amazon. You, you might want to just stick with some lights that just plug into a regular wall adapter. You can usually find a halfway decent setup for around $50 to $100 on Amazon. I use aperture lights, and I don't think those are the ones I have are available anymore, but I spent a couple hundred dollars on those. So expect to spend anywhere from 50 to, I mean, you can spend thousands of dollars on lights, but as far as cheap lights go, I'd say anywhere from 50 to about $300 or so for a decent setup. And you can forego this altogether too, if you want to just shoot most of your stuff outside. It's usually indoors, that's where you're gonna have some problems. If you shoot in the middle of the day under some shade, you're gonna have a good light setup. And that's going to teach you a lot about lighting because you're gonna to have to figure out how to control that lighting in which you can get like white poster board to reflect light. You can get shower curtains to diffuse light. So the sun is the cheapest option for sure. But if you're looking to spend a little bit of money, I would definitely say expect to spend anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred bucks on lights if you're looking to go the cheap route. So altogether with equipment, you can spend anywhere from maybe a couple thousand dollars you can spend maybe under $1,000. So if you got a budget, let's say you got a budget under $1,000, you you save money for a little bit and you're, you have only $1,000 to buy equipment, I would say definitely use your phone for sure. Focus on getting some good lights and audio equipment. So for, forget the whole camera setup, unless you wanna get like a, a small rig. So, you know, a tripod, I, I left out a tripod. This is what we're talking about where you can get, you know, you can end up, we could talk about equipment forever, but um, get a good tripod. If you're looking to use your phone, just get a good tripod, get a good handheld setup, which would be a shoulder mount. You can get a shoulder mount for your phone probably for like $50 dollars on Amazon. You don't, you don't, if you're gonna do handheld footage, handheld is not actually hand, holding it with your hands. It's usually on a shoulder rig. Um, if you hold the camera by itself, you're gonna get a lot more shaking, but if you put it on a, shoulder rig, it's not going to be as jittery, which is going to help you out a lot. So with the, the cell phone rig, I would say maybe get a, a cheap shoulder mount, a cheap tripod, and then focus on getting good sound equipment. So maybe like the lavalier mic that I was saying, or if you can find an H1 or something like that for a couple hundred dollars, and then get yourself a cheap lighting kit. Now let's move on to cast and crew. This is where there's a lot of debate on how much you should really be spending because a lot of actors that are at least worth hiring will want you to pay them. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay them. I'd love to be able to be at a point where I could pay everybody all the time, but that's just not realistic in the independent filmmaking world, especially the no budget independent filmmaking world. So you're going to want to look for a lot of volunteers. If you're younger, I would definitely recommend using friends, family, just anybody who is willing to do it. Or you can try to find local filmmaking groups. You can find actors who are hungry for work. If you're looking to not spend any money and finding volunteers for actors, at least, you're going to want to go with younger people who don't have a lot of experience because you can trade giving them that experience for voluntary work. That's what I did for a long time. I used a lot of family and friends. 
as well as people that I met in college. So that's what I did for years. Then I started working with people who are a little bit more professional as far as acting goes. I still am not at a point to where I can really afford to pay people for acting. Again, I hope to get to that point, but not quite there yet. So look for volunteers. If you are looking to hire legitimate, great, I'm not saying that volunteer actors are not great actors, but if you're looking for paid actors, you can end up spending, I would say at least minimally $100 a day. Sometimes you can get away with a little bit cheaper than that, but I would expect at least $100 a day to pay actors, and it can go up a lot more from there, especially if you get into union actors like SAG. I would avoid using SAG until you've made a few movies first, just because it gets really, really complex. You're going to have to fill out paperwork, and you're probably not going to know what you're doing, and it's it's going to get really crazy really fast. Also, I would definitely recommend using area actors as opposed to looking for people who are in a longer distance from you. So for instance, I am near Chicago, so I use a lot of actors from that area, but I also am in touch with a lot of people from Indianapolis, which is about three or so hours away from me. I try not to use actors from Indianapolis or even crew for that matter. Sometimes, you know, if the person's right, then it's worth it and you got to do what you got to do. But if you're first starting out, I definitely would not recommend doing that because you know, it's going to end up being either a lot of time and money for you or a lot of time and money for them. And after a certain point, it's, it's kind of a lot to ask out of somebody. Now the same goes for crew. If you're looking for help again, friends and family, or if you're in school, say you're like a film major or something like that, you can end up hiring a lot of people from that community for free or just willing to do it. I would recommend that you own the equipment it, it kind of drives me nuts when I see people who are posting ads on like Craigslist or something like that, looking for free work and they expect people to have their own equipment. Now, if somebody is looking to become like a cinematographer or something like that, then yeah, they probably should have their own equipment. But if it's just your friend who just, you know, likes playing with cameras, but they can't afford a camera, you can't really expect them to have the camera. For me, I've always had my own equipment as far as both picture and sound. So I've just whoever is available to run the camera or run the sound that just ends up how it is. So just something to keep in mind. So next let's get into props, locations, costumes, and makeup. This is something I would definitely recommend being the lowest part of your budget. So don't spend a lot of money on this category if you can help it. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend making a zombie movie for your first short film because it's going to cost you a lot in props and makeup and special effects stuff like it that doesn't make a lot of sense you can end up spending a lot of money pretty quickly i would go to goodwill thrift stores and stuff like that for costumes you can find a lot of great stuff there i've done that in the past and something i i, I think i mentioned locations too but shooting locations that you can easily access and it isn't going to be a problem for you shooting there so for instance i shot a lot at my parents house i've shot a lot at quiet parks I've shot a lot at friends' houses. Typically, I write scripts based on the location that I'm able to shoot in. Now, you can try to spend a little money on locations if you live in a municipality that it requires you to get permits or something like that. Just know that that process is going to be really complicated, and it's going to be really different depending on your area. So, for instance, like my area, I can shoot anywhere essentially with permission, and I don't need permits or anything like that. 
Generally, I don't even ask for permission most of the time, but I can still shoot and it's not going to be a huge problem for me. But if you live in Los Angeles, that is going to be a huge problem because they want a permit for everything everywhere. Apartments, friends' houses, parents' houses, wherever you can shoot is where I would recommend writing your script around. Same thing with props. You can say you have like a unique item in your house and you want to write a movie around it. That's definitely a good idea because then you won't have to buy a bunch of crazy props if you already own stuff. Just be diligent when it comes to that stuff. You know, it's it, know that it's going to end up costing money. It may not seem like it will, but you'll get nickeled and dime pretty quick. Now, last and one of the most important things I would definitely say is food. It, food is not something that you're going to want to skip out on. And a good rule of thumb is that you really should never buy pizza for your lunches. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do this ever, but if you're doing it every single time that you make a movie, then it's going to be a problem. It's fine if you're a bunch of high school or college kids who don't really care about that and pizza's fine. But once you, you know, if you're doing this for a couple of years, like myself, you get a little older and you're working with the same crew, they're not going to want pizza every time that you make a movie. There's a lot of cheap alternatives for sure. They might take a little effort, but if people are giving their free time to you, you should be making the effort to feed them properly. So I, in the past, like I've done a lot of pastas, a lot of tacos, sandwiches, like anything is better than pizza every single time that you have a shoot. Mix it up a little bit. Make sure that you have snacks, water, coffee. All this stuff is really cheap. When, when I made my feature film, I used a Keurig. I bought reusable Keurig cups and I always had a bag of coffee on set. And I think that bag of coffee lasted me the entire shoot versus me having to go to Dunkin' Donuts every time that, you know, I was making a movie. That bag of coffee probably cost me like $10 versus, you know, it cost, you know, 10 to $15 for the Dunkin' Donuts, the, the pre-made big coffees that they, they sell. So again, don't skip out on food. It's really important. Keep people fed. It will keep them happy. It'll keep them wanting to work for you. This is a philosophy that I've believed in for years, and I've, I've had people working for me doing my short films and feature films, you know, since 2012. So almost 10 years, I've had people volunteering for me to, to make all of my goofy art projects. Now, let's say that you want to make a short film and you want to spend a little bit of money, but you don't have that money. How do you get money? Where, where, where do you find money to make the short films? Well, you can save money by getting a job. That's exactly what I did. I worked at a movie theater for a long time and pretty much anything that wasn't going towards bills or school or anything like that, I was saving and buying equipment or spending on short films. I paid for all of my short films pretty much myself. So there were a couple of occasions where some friends and people on the crew helped me out just to convince me to make more stuff when I didn't want to. So they offered to pay for it. But the majority of the time that I've made short films, I'd say out of every 10 short films I've made, I've probably paid for 9.5 of them. So getting a job, just a part-time job, save up a couple thousand dollars, and then you can buy equipment and make your short film. And as I mentioned before, once you buy equipment once, you'll be able to use that stuff over and over again. So you make your first short film and it costs you $2,000. Well, the next time, pretty much all you're going to have to pay for is just any props, locations, costumes, etc., that you're going to need in food, which may only cost you a couple hundred dollars as opposed to a couple thousand dollars. That's pretty much 
how it happened for me. My last short film that I made only cost me maybe two or three hundred dollars because I already had all the stuff that I wanted to use. Another thing you can do is fundraise. So you can use services like Indiegogo or GoFundMe or something like that. Or you can do things to fundraise, like you can sell things, have a bake sale, you know, have a bake sale to, to fund your short films. But you can get a little creative with it. I've only used this method once and it didn't work out too well for me. And this was like six or seven years ago, I want to say. So it's not the best method, but if it's something that you're able to dedicate a lot of time to, you may be able to be successful with it. The main, Like I said, the main way I've always funded my short films is just paying out of pocket for them. Now, what's some other advice that I can give you to keep some of your costs down? One of the main things is keep your shorts short. This is something that I see time and time again where people are writing these epic short films that are 15 to 30 minutes long. Let's be clear about something. If your short film is over maybe eight to 10 minutes, it's no longer a short film. It's a feature inside of a short film. This is a mistake that I made a lot when I was younger. I was writing feature films and portraying them as short films. And honestly, it didn't work that well. I created a rule for myself back in 2018. When I make a short film, I am only gonna focus on one moment in time. I started doing that and my short films got a lot better. It was a lot easier to write them because I wasn't worried about a bunch of crazy backstory and all this and that. I focused on one particular moment in time and that was the entire film. It lived within itself in that one brief moment of time. And honestly, I wouldn't really go over five minutes when it comes to a short film, especially when you're first starting out. Heck, I would honestly keep it under three minutes or so. If you can keep your short films under three minutes, you're not going to spend a lot of money on them. I would love to just make two or three minute short films, but unfortunately my ideas end up getting a little bit bigger. If you write something a little dialogue heavy, it's okay if it goes a little bit over that time limit because you're not really jumping from place to place. So for instance, my short film Adopt was really dialogue heavy and it was one of my longer short films. I want to say it was almost eight minutes long, but the majority of that movie was a conversation that took place in a bedroom. Dialogue usually takes a little bit longer on screen, especially when you're trying to time it properly. But when it comes to other things like horror movies or Anything that involves action, I would definitely try to keep it short. The next thing, make as many crappy shorts as possible. You're gonna make a lot of crappy stuff in the beginning. There's no way around that. You're not gonna make anything good for your first couple of films and you're just gonna have to get over that. It happened to me, it happens to everybody. That's why I say you should try to keep it as cheap as possible, shoot on your iPhones or anything like that because you are gonna make a lot of bad stuff. I see people who are super inexperienced shooting on red cameras with all this crazy equipment, their stories suck, their filmmaking abilities suck, and their movies end up looking like they were shot on iPhones. It makes absolutely no sense. Do not spend a ton of money on equipment when you are first starting out. You need to get over the hump of just making bad shorts, figuring out how to make a movie, how to tell a coherent story, and you're not going to be able to do that if you're focusing on equipment. And another thing that drives me nuts with the people who shoot on reds is they also don't typically focus on sound either. So they're shooting on reds and they're shooting on the cheapest sound equipment possible. It makes absolutely no damn sense. If you are trying to shoot on a red, you need to be investing in the sound as well. 
So all in all, I made shorts for around one to $500. There was never a time when I bought equipment specifically for a short film. I was just accumulating stuff over time. So that's something you can do too. I'm not, I wasn't making short films all the time. I was usually making at least one short film a year and then just making, just doing a lot of testing and stuff like that throughout the year, just to figure out like what I wanted to do. So that's something you can do too. Just make a couple of short films, figure out what it's going to cost you and just start adding equipment slowly. Once your skill level starts to increase, that makes way more sense than just buying a bunch of expensive equipment, having absolutely no idea how to use it. And then just making crappy short films from there. You might have nice looking short films, but they're probably still not going to be very good. So that's pretty much all I got. I would definitely love to hear from all of you and your experience in short films. What are you guys spending on short films? What have you done in the past? Is there anything better that you've done compared to myself? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Definitely let me know. I'd love to hear from all of you. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. This show has been slowly growing and I definitely appreciate everybody who has been listening up to this point. I know I've been really inconsistent about putting episodes out. It's been really difficult trying to run this business by myself and record the show. I hope to be more consistent with it here in the future. I actually had to re-record this episode because I recorded it once last week and apparently it deleted itself or I didn't save or something. So that was super awesome. But, you know, no excuses. I'm actually going to try to record another one today so that way I have it for next week ready to go. But anyway, I'd like to thank you all for watching or listening. If you enjoy the show, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. We're on all the major podcasting platforms as well as a video slash audio version on YouTube. Thank you all so much for the support and I'll see you on the next one. Later. Mm-hmm.